This is Jay Schultz here, WHAW 101.3 FM in Harvard, Illinois. And it is time for Cinema Talk with Bruce and Jay. My very good friend Bruce Sal is on the phone. Bruce, how are you, sir? I'm doing well, Jay. Welcome to April yeah, absolutely. here in Chicago. We got a lot of sunshine, right? Yeah, it's been beautiful out. It's been great, and I'm enjoying yeah. all the really, really nice weather. Yeah, yeah. So welcome <laughs> back from Gatlinburg. I know you and the family went down there. So are you happy to be back yeah. here in Illinois? It was. We had a really good time. Yeah. We had a yeah. We had a really good. Yeah. Time. I didn't have. I just had my wife. I did not have my kids. Uh, my kids are past the age where they really um, want to do vacations unless okay. it's like specific things. And actually, we didn't really want them. It was more of an adult trip. So. Uh, with with uh, some friend, <laughs> some friends of ours, and uh, we were celebrating someone's birthday, so we had a really good time. So, sure. so Bruce, before we right get we before, blah, before we get into the topic of the day, uh, we always do sure. it in remembrance. We look back over the last month uh, at um, yes. you know the celebrities that have passed away, uh, and I'll, I'm going to lead us through uh, this, and I, you know, I'll get your comments on each of these actors and actresses and and athletes as we sure. go along. So, the first on my list is a celebrity. Uh, actually, a uh, boxer who died March 13th, and as former middleweight boxing champion, marvelous Marvin Hagler, he passed away. Hagler, March, yeah, yeah, he passed course. away at the age of 13. At the age of 65, Hagler had an amazing career. He was 67 and three, uh, with 52 knockouts. He's considered uh, one of the greatest boxers of all time. And when he retired from boxing, he actually went into acting. Uh, and he did films yep. in Italy, which was really, I did not know this fact, uh, but uh, he, w- he was a ring prep back when, you know, there were ring prep, there's Sugar Ray Leonard, Muhammad Ali, you know, um, you know, before Tyson, yep. you know, you had these guys that were the presence in the ring, right? They, you know, they, they had this, this personality that, out in the ring and he was definitely one of those people. Well, you know, my observation about Marvelous, uh, Marvin Hagler is that we had HBO, like, I don't know. I was in seventh or eighth grade. So like you mentioned, like Sugar Ray uh, Leonard, for example, but we had like HBO boxing. And I distinctly remember marvelous Marvin Hagler is just he kept coming up again and again. And he did a very good job at boxing. Yes. So, yes, I definitely remember Marvin Hagler. Yeah, he was he was a great uh, athlete um, and uh, he should, you know, rest in peace. Um, the next on oh, our, yeah. the next on our list is a an actor for our times. Um, I remember the fir- very first movie I saw him in, and uh, his name is actor Yapit Koto. Passed away March fifteenth at the age of eighty one. Koto had ninety five acting credits. Most notably, uh, this is where I remember the first time I saw him in the movie Alien. He also played the villain. The you vil- stole the- my thunder. Yeah. That's exactly what I was gonna say. To you. Right. Yes, he right. caught my attention. Go ahead. Well, he was also in the Bond film *Live and Let Die*, uh, *The Running Man*, yeah. the, the movie with uh, Richard Pryor, *Blue Collar*. Uh, one of my favorite movies yeah. uh, that was an HBO film that you saw all the time was *The Star Chamber*. If you remember that movie with Michael Douglas and Hal oh, Holbrook, yes. yeah, yeah. Whoa, I gotta clean out my attic on that one. Oh, you're yeah. right. Great movie. Uh, the movie <laughs> *Brubaker* with yeah. Robert Redford and the TV show *Homicide: Never Life on*. Uh, yeah, uh, never Robert Redford. Who's that guy? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, maybe you should talk about him a little bit there, mister. Um, anyway, uh, and the TV show Homicide Life on the Street. Uh, so what a, a great career. And, um, yeah, it's one of those actors yeah. that Hollywood is certainly going to miss. 
We're going to miss him. Yeah. 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 I just, I, I'll isolate on, you mentioned the movie alien, the yep. very first one. And I just remember that shot, um, in the very first alien. And he was like, it was big and I can't quote him. I can't impersonate him, yeah. but it's like, whatever it was, it was, big. <laughs> yeah, right. No. You know, and you're talking about the alien. Yep. So go ahead. No, he was a wonderful actor. Okay. So a uh, Boston marathon icon, Dick Hoyt, um, who ran marathons pushing his son, who was, um, who had, I think might have been cerebral palsy or whatever, but he passed away March 17th at the age of 80. I think he did like 31 uh, Boston marathons in a row with his son. So he, you know, he pushed his son all the way through the marathon. Uh, so he was well That's known. Amazing. Yeah, it's amazing. Uh, what a what a terrific story. I mean, what you know, the <clears throat> the love between a father and a son, right there, right in front of everyone. It's it's really cool. Yeah, yeah. it is really cool. Yeah, absolutely. And that, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of glad you brought that up, Jay, because yeah. it's not a well known household name right. as far as the Boston Marathon or any marathon. But I'm glad you acknowledge that for that reason. Do you see what I'm saying? There's some people that are overlooked, unfortunately, in right. their passing. You right. see what I'm saying? Go Absolutely. Uh, the next one is pretty easy. This is Barbara. Well, not easy, but and it's sad. Uh, but Barbara Rickles, the wife of comedian Don Rickles, passed away, March, Rickles, yeah, passed away, passed away March 16th at the age of 84. Uh, Rickles passed away in uh, 2017 at the age of 90. Uh, you know, Rickles famous for his his uh, his act where he you know call people call you a hockey puck exactly. I mean, he was he was he was a wonderful wonderful comedian. He, you know, he was always on the Johnny Carson show. He was always making oh, yeah. Johnny laugh and uh, yeah. Um, you well, know. he's great in the film Casino. Yes, is, is, yep. you know, I mean, he's got so much credits, but he's really good in the film Casino because he's sort of like playing himself, if you ask me. But go ahead. No, absolutely. Wonderful, wonderful actor. And, and his wife, uh, may she rest in peace. So the next, yes. one, the next one for us is Basketball Hall of Famer Elgin Baylor passed away March 22nd at the age of 86. So I didn't, unfortunately, mm-hmm. I didn't get notes on, on Elgin, but he spent 22 years uh, as it, well, hold on, let's see. Well, I'm looking for the uh, stats here. Uh, he was the number one draft pick in 1958, NBA Rookie of the Year in 1959, 11-time <laughs> NBA All-Star, and 10-time member of the All-NBA First Team. He is regarded as one of the great game's mm. all-time greatest players. Uh, in 1977, he was inducted into the Naismith Memorial Basketball Hall of Fame. Uh, he spent 22 years wow. as a – yeah, what a great guy. Spent, you know, a terrific career. Spent 22 years as a general manager of Los, Ange- yeah, Los Angeles Clippers, and he won the NBA Executive of the Year Award in 2006. So he passed away on March 22nd at the age of 86. We should all be so fortunate. Yes. Elgin Baylor, I do remember. I didn't know all the accolades that you did, Jay, but yes, he will be sorely missed. Go ahead. Absolutely. So the next one hits home. Um, this is uh, actor George Siegel um, passed away March 23rd at the age of 87. He had 127 acting credits, most notably the movies Who is Afraid of Virginia Woolf, The Owl and the Pussycat, The, the Hot Rock, Fun with Dick and Jane, The Duchess and the Dirtwater Fox, Carbon Copy. And that's the, member, the movie I remember him most from, and I'll mention who was in that movie with him, uh, who made his acting career in movies at that time. He was in Look Who's Talking and the TV shows Just Shoot Me, Murphy's Law, and The Goldbergs. And, to, and this past week, they aired the very last episode that he appeared in The Goldbergs. Leah Thompson 
from Back to the Future fame. Uh, was, I know who it, she is. Is the, yes. is the director. She's the director. She directs episodes of the Goldsbergs. I believe it. Yeah, and uh, she yeah. said she he was wonderful to work with. Uh, Siegel was nominated for an Academy Award for his performance in Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf and was nominated for five Golden Globes, winning for his performance in The New Interns and A Touch of Class. Real quickly about Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf, yes. which, of course, people will remember Elizabeth Taylor and Richard Burton. Um, they're going to remember George Siegel. And I'll tell you, another overlooked actor is Sandy Dennis. So they, I wrote a paper when I was in college about Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf because uh, Edward Albee directed that. Did you know that? No, no, absolutely not. Yeah, Edward Albee, uh, I, I, well, he either wrote that or he directed her both. But anyway, with George Siegel and Sandy Dennis, they're like innocent bystanders. Like I said, I wrote a paper about this, and they're, they're thrust into you know Elizabeth Taylor and Richard Burton just like totally hashing it out like a domestic verbal abuse. And yeah, it's no wonder – that that he was nominated, but that's why I remember George Siegel and Sandy Dennis, who was his you know girlfriend or his wife or fiance. I don't know if you remember that or not from that film. But that film is great. It is absolutely a great, uh, great movie, um, great actor. And I will say so. Carbon copy. Let me mention carbon copy uh, because that was the appearance, the first time on the large on the big screen for an actor who's won two Academy Awards, and that is Denzel Washington. He played. Um, oh, he yeah. played George Siegel's son. Well, it, what it happened, I guess George Siegel had donated his sperm to a sperm bank. And, um, uh-huh. you know, the mother, you know, had, obviously he's born and he wants to find out who his dad is. And his dad is George Siegel. Sure. Uh, so it's it's a great sure. film from the early 1980s, yeah. 1981. And he, he was a wonderful actor. So let me move right along here. Actress Jessica sure. Walter passed away March 25th at the age of 80. Walter won Emmys for her performances on the TV shows Arrested Development and Archer. She had 161 acting credits, including the movies Grand Prix, Bye Bye Braverman, Play Misty for Me. She played the villain in Play Misty for Me. That's awesome. Um, It's just a great role. Oh, my gosh. She gets punched right in the face by Clint Eastwood. I'm I'm sure it wasn't her. I'm sure it was a stunt double, but still, it's an awesome scene. Uh, and she was in the TV I, series. You know, I, I yeah. did my my research. Thanks yeah. to you, I did do yeah. my research. But yeah, playing Misty for me is kind of creepy if you're fond of radio personalities. Yep. Which, hey, lo and behold, you and I are radio right. personalities. Right, absolutely. But yes, I know who you're talking about with Jessica. Yes, yes. go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, she also appeared in the TV series Love American Style, The Love Boat, For the People, Three's a Crowd, Trapper John, MD, Wildfire. Uh, one of my favorite all-time TV series, Dinosaurs. Uh, Murder, She Wrote, uh, oh, yeah. Coach, 90210, Saving Grace, and the show Retired at 35. Uh, wonderful. And, and, again, she won Emmys for her performances in Arrested Development and Archer. So rest in peace, Miss Walter. Of course. All right. And she worked very hard to get the accolades that a- she did. Go ahead. Absolutely. Jay. So this, this next one I remember because I lived in Peoria, and I was a fan of the Bradley Braves at the time. And this is longtime NBA coach Stan Allback passed away March 25th at the age of 89. Allback coached Cleveland from 1979 to 1980, San Antonio from 80 to 83, and New Jersey from 83 to 85, and Chicago from mm-hmm. 85 to 86. He was Michael Jordan's first NBA coach. He was born in Chinoa, Illinois, and was a Bammy Award for Best Writing Adapted Screenplay for Brokeback Mountain, which is a movie we've talked about mm-hmm. on one of our favorite movies that we've talked about. You know, it's great performances, yep. great writing, just all that whole movie True. is great. 
Um, he uh, had 23 writing credits, most notably the Last Picture Show. Jeez, oh, I think he actually mm-hmm. wrote the books for all these: The Last Picture Show, Terms of Endearment, HUD, Texas Phil, and Lonesome Dove. I mean, that that's crazy. So what a what a yeah. wonderful career that he had, and uh, rest in peace, Mister McCurtry. Yeah, I don't mean to interrupt you, but I think the last picks, uh, last picture show, which is a lot of people over the years consider that to be their their favorite film. I think that's a Peter Bogdanovich film, isn't it? The last picture show. Yes, it is. Yep. Yeah, and I mean, to me, that would be his crowning achievement. Go, yes, but go right ahead. No, it's okay. No. Uh, children book, children's book author Beverly Cleary passed away March twenty sixth at the age of one hundred and four. Children around the world fell in love with her characters that included Henry Higgins, uh, Ellen Tibbetts, Otis Spofford, Beatrice Beezus Quimby, and her younger sister, Ramona. Now, I, you know, my kids were never interested in it. They were more of Seuss. They liked, you know, oh, and I liked reading <laughs> Seuss, and I liked reading wild, Where the Wild Things Are. You, I had, there was a point in time where I had Where the Wild Things Are memorized, and I could just recite it. You know, I mean, that's how much I read it. So, Dang. yeah, it was, it was yeah. one of my favorites. All right, long-time college no, we, fo- Go ahead. Yeah, he will be. It, she no, will be missed. He'll yeah. be missed because you're absolutely right. And it's not easy to be a children's writer. Just right. ask Dr. Seuss, which yeah. is a pseudonym. But I mean, no, right. I totally understand what you're saying. And you can sort of like recite the dialogue because you you're that familiar with yes. it. I was pretty I know good. What with that feels. I was pretty I'll good with the Lorax too. Book. I could do most of the Lorax at one point. I probably could get better. I love the Lorax. <laughs> it's my favorite Seuss book. It, it's. It, Fantastic. Oh, yep. All right. Long, right. long time. Yep. Long time college football coach Howard Schnellenberger passed away March 27th at the age of 87. Schnellenberger led the University of Miami to its first national championship in 1983. He also coached at Louisville, Oklahoma, and Florida Athletic. The stadiums at Louisville and Florida Athletic were built, both built when he was coaching at the schools. He ended his career with a record of 158. 151 and three. So the the universities he he improved the program so much at those two schools, Louisville and Florida Athletic, that they are Atlantic that they built new stadiums because of him. I mean he was and those stadiums are named after him. <laughs> so I mean it's yeah yeah forever. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that really is. That forever. Okay, so <clears throat> actress Gloria Henry passed away April third at the age of ninety eight. Henry had sixty five acting credits, most notably as Alice Mitchell, the mother of. Do you know who? No. Oh, this was a TV show that ran from 1959 to 63. She was mother of Dennis the Menace. And that TV show ran ah. for 146 episodes. And that was her most notable role. And, uh, yeah, she was wonderful. Okay. I'm going to stop you in your tracks right there. What yeah. do you have in common, Dennis the Menace? What do I have? I have no idea. Okay. Do you know who the actor that played Den- the title character, Dennis the Menace? I don't remember his name. His name is Jay, as in you. There we go. North. Okay. The North, the blonde-haired, uh, yeah, I, I, I grew up watching Dennis the Menace. Okay. I didn't know that about the, yeah, okay. So no, anyway, no, there's a little trivia. Um, British actor, this is the final one here. British actor Paul Ritter passed away April 5th at the age of 54. He's very young. Uh, Ritter had 77 acting credits, most notably. I don't know if you saw it. It was in the past year or so. 
they had a, a series on Chernobyl, you know, which kind of recreated all the events of Chernobyl. He was he was fantastic in that movie, and it was a an unbelievable. It was, it was like a four part series. It was unbelievable the things that happened there, and yeah. you know, if the truth, you know, I mean, that just the devastation and what they had to do to remove some of the radioactive particles. I mean, these guys were just basically giving up their oh. lives to save the country, yeah, to uh, uh, you know prevent the an implosion, you know, of happening and destroying half the world. So it was like crazy. Yeah. Yep. Right. He was also in the movie Quantum of Solace and Harry Potter and the Half Blood Prince. So rest in peace, Mr. Ritter. So, uh, Bruce, it's time for mm. coming anytime now. Hey, can... There we All right, so it is time for Bruce and I to delve into our topic for the month, and that topic is 80s Hollywood babes. And let me first say, as a disclaimer, this is done out of complete respect for these actresses, wonderful actresses, um, you know, talking about their impact on us because we both grew up in the 1980s. Um, and so, I, you know, there is no, you know, we're – we're not, we're not driving down a certain lane here. We are. This is actually out of respect. The '80s Hollywood babes had impacted, you know, the youth of the 1980s. So uh, I'm, I'm ready to jump into this topic. And Bruce, you have, we have each have one runner up here. Your first runner up is. My first runner-up would have to be Leah Thompson. Um, most of the the film goers, it, you know, in the '80s, will remember her for Back to the Future yep. and Marty McFly. Uh, he finds out that his mom is in love with him, and that's right. a time travel. At that. But yep. Leah Thompson was a very beautiful actor. She appeared in a lot of other different films, but I remember her most for Back to the Future. She's Marty McFly's mother. Right. But, you know, when they go back in time, she's frankly a babe. <laughs> right. Well, yes, and, you know, right. Lorraine, right? So, I mean, you know, uh, the director, Robert Zemeckis, obviously they had to, uh, yeah. you know, uh, make her, they had to age her, right? So there's the old mom. And then when Marty goes back in time, yeah. he meets his younger mom and she's like calling him Calvin yeah. because she looked at his underwear and he's wearing Calvin, Calvin Klein underwear. You know? Right. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 it's thinks his name is because yeah. it's on his underwear. No, go ahead. That's no, right. you're right. Wonderful <laughs> actress. True. You know, you mentioned Back to the Future one and two. She was also in the movie with ca- uh, Casual Sex. You remember that with uh, Andrew Dice Clay? Um, she yeah. Was, yeah, yeah. She was also. I do remember that yep. film. Yeah, this is all '80s too. She did some kind of wonderful the the um uh, help yeah. me out John Hughes film Eric with Stoltz. Eric Stoltz yeah, and Mary Eric, Stewart. John Hughes, yeah. Eric Stoltz is in that film. Mary yes, Stewart definitely. Masterson, who I'm another sorry, no Mary Stewart Masterson, who was another you know wonderful young lady yeah. from the, from the '80s. I mean, I know I know she's my age. I get it. She's in her fifties now, but we're 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 looking back. We're like like we've taken a time machine. We've taken the uh, the uh, DeLorean back in time, and now we're in the 1980s, right? So well, we're, I, we're, I, we're I've all, got all got I've got even better time machine for you. How yeah. about Bill and Ted's excellent invention? That was a that was right out of Doctor Who. Right, exactly. You know, and we'll, and we'll get to them eventually, I think. I think we'll talk to, about Bill and Ted eventually. Anyway, uh, she's, a, she's also ahead. in the awful, awful, horrible movie Howard the Duck, which was just a huge oh, yeah. failure. Uh, but great, that great was movie. Bob Zemeckis too, right? Yeah. I don't think Bob Zemeckis directed that. If he did, he, he probably oh. wiped it off of his page. It would 
universally panned. Oh, yeah. Howard the Duck with Leah Thompson, and she's like wearing kind of a scanning clad, uh, like a teddy. Yeah. I don't mean to get too personal. Uh, but yeah, no, I know the film you're talking yeah. about. Universally panned. Uh, right. People right. did not like that film. But she looks good, I'll yeah. be honest, in yeah. that film. Absolutely, you know, and the movie Space Camp, if you remember that, where the uh, the young oh, yeah. the, the young space, space astronauts yeah. save the save the shuttle. Uh, good film. It was a fun yeah. film. All right, so my runner up then, Bruce, we jump to my runner up here real quick, and that sure. is Tanya sure. Roberts. Tanya Roberts was a little bit older at that time, and uh, Tanya yeah. Roberts was actually a Bond girl. She was in she was. A View to a Kill, which was I think. Yep. Um, what's his name's last movie? Roger Moore's last film, and Roger uh, Moore, yeah, yeah, Roger and Moore, I think and that who, was and who was the villain? Christopher Walken was the villain in that film, wasn't he? Yep, yep, he was. Yep. He was the villain in a View to a Kill. I just remember the Duran Duran song, so shame on me for admitting that. But I just remember the theme song for a View to a Kill. You're right, Tanya Roberts was the heroine, and Christopher Walken was the villain, and then you had Roger Moore in his last performance as 007 James Bond. You're right, so go ahead. No, absolutely, and then we also had, um, she was also in the movie uh, The Beastmaster, one of my favorite movies uh, uh, with with Mark Singer. Do you share that with your kids, by the way? No, no, I don't, I haven't watched that movie in like 25 some odd years, but uh, Mark Mark Singer's in that movie, and... um, Oh, the guy who was in, um, oh, I can't remember his name, but he plays the villain. I know, he's like, I know who you're talking about. He was in Men in Black. He played Zed in Men in Black. He he was in Men in Black, and he was also in um, Dodgeball. He played Patches O'Houlihan in Dodgeball, and I can't remember his name. I'll have to look it up when we get a chance. But the biggest thing that Tanya Roberts did, she replaced uh, Farrah Fawcett, on Charlie's I'm Angels, Charlie's right? Angels, on Charlie's Angels, yeah. Charlie's Angels was like big dudes to film, right? And the Charlie Angels was like a huge eye candy TV show. I mean, that's why you know, you know, well, people were tuning in that because was the whole point. that was the whole point, yeah. right? You know, these young, Jacqueline beautiful Smith, young, Kate, young be- Kate Jackson. Yep, yeah. Yep. Well, Kate Jackson was a smart one, right? She looked more like the the right. librarian type, and then you had Jacqueline Smith, and you but had. They were all hot. Yeah, oh, they were. They, be let's be honest. They were all. They were all <laughs> beautiful women, and. And, uh, you know, more, I mean, wow, more power to him. And, and Farrah Fawcett, she was only in there on there like a year, you know, and then like her, her career took off another way. So anyway, all right. So Bruce, we're going to move off of Tanya Roberts and we're going to move into our top three and you're going to give us your number three. I'm going to give my, my number three is kind of obscure. And what I mean by that, it's not a film that is widely known, and it has what you might call a a cult following, but it's Matilda May, and it's a film directed by Toby Hooper, who also directed The Texas Chainsaw Massacre and also Poltergeist. So that's who Toby Hooper is. But Matilda May, I remember being an usher at Centerville Cinemas, and my my coworkers are saying, Bruce, you got to see this woman, because she's prancing around basically completely, and I mean completely naked, throughout the entire film. And the subtitle of the life force is The Space vampires which even though the film is not like widely recognized it's still a great concept and that's matilda may and i can almost guarantee you almost nobody knows who i'm talking about but 
Yeah, she is pretty. Sorry yeah. about that. Uh-huh. It's no, almost like a dopey conscience thing. You know no, what I so, mean? No, she yeah. was beautiful. Yeah, and, and and that's how you remember. I mean, now she's our age in our fifties, yeah. and and uh, but she yeah, was all right. We're she, getting old, Jay. We are getting there. There is no question. There's nothing we can do to stop the march of time. So we just got to kind of embrace, right. kind of embrace it at this yeah, point. Yeah. Well, yeah, but Matilda May. Well, my number three is um michelle pfeiffer so i'm i'm going the older route here okay i'm doing the older ladies uh tanya robert you know like 10 years older than the the the, yeah. the ladies you're mentioning yeah. tanya uh so michelle pfeiffer um the first time i saw her probably was grease too but i don't really remember that she played um stephanie which is the only good thing about grease too is they have a bowling musical a song, right? Where they're they're like bowling and dancing in a bowling alley on the lanes, which I know is not possible if you have oil on those lanes. Those guys would have killed each other. But they obviously stripped the lanes and they would, you know, they recorded that that whole scene there. But she was good. She was good in that movie. But if you remember the film Lady Hawk, where she played Isabel, right? Rutger so Howard. Rutger Hauer. A wonderful film. My kids love this movie, and Michelle Pfeiffer strikingly beautiful in this film. She just, you know, yeah. and and, um, and the whole premise is that, that her and Rucker Howard have been cursed, and they can never be on the earth at the same time. One of them transforms, like he he transforms into a yeah. wolf. She transforms into a hawk. That's why it's called Lady Hawk. And and Matthew yes. Broderick plays the the mouse. He plays this thief, and he and he gets caught in this whole thing. And he has to like watch all of this happen. And there's some this Matthew Broderick is a really good actor. And the emotion that he yeah. runs through when he I mean, because, yeah, it's fantasy. This could never happen. But when he realizes what's going on, that these two can't be together because of this curse, the, the pain on his face is yep. fantastic acting. He just eats the screen. And it and I think yeah. John, Jonathan Price is a villain, maybe. No, it's not Jonathan Price. Um, but it's someone like that. It, it, it's a wonderful film. So we have Lady Hawk. She also was in Scarface. If you played Elvira in Scarface, you know the you know the Tony Montana, okay. Tony Montana's woman. You know, you know. Tony Montana. Tony Montana. Right. Michelle yep. And she was in Fabulous Baker Boys. Can I, and, can I give you a little caveat, real yes, quick? Yep. About Michelle Pfeiffer. Caveat that it's funny. A friend of mine really loves the film Falling Down with Michael Douglas. Oh yeah. Which is like. In 1995, and it was directed by what Joe Schumacher. Right. But her sister is the one, if you know the film, the um, when he goes and he wants breakfast at like a McDonald's, but it's called like Whammy Burger or something like that. And Michael Douglas comes in and he's pissed off at the world. Let's be honest. But that's actually Michelle Pfeiffer's uh, sister. Wow. That <laughs> plays the girl. Yeah. That is the cashier. And she's pretty too, just like her sister. Yeah. So anyway. Anyway, well, and, and my and I will say this: my favorite cat girl, um, or cat woman, without a doubt, <laughs> Michelle Pfeiffer dominated Batman Returns. I mean, she made that movie. She was so good as Catwoman. Yeah, she, yeah, yeah. she was. She was wonderful. She, and I love the scene where she's like, you know, the cats are like all over yeah, her. The yeah. transformation scene. Yep. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yes. It's like I feel. Delicious. So I don't want to dwell on that. Let's much. go. But let's yeah, go to your no, number. Let's go to your number two. One that we can all appreciate. Well, this one I'm guilty about. 
Um, my favorite, I even posted on Facebook earlier this morning, my all-time favorite uh, 80s comedy is Fast Times at Ridgemont High. And I'm going with Phoebe Cates, and especially for that film. And I'm not going to get too detailed or graphic, but yep. there is a reason well, why I choose this, there's, there's a reason. I if, there's a reason why probably one of the most paused scenes of all time you know, is <laughs> in that movie, and it's Phoebe Cates. Right. You know who who is striking. She, you know, and and I mean, interesting. Like, go ahead and keep talking about her, and then I'll add on. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, the whole thing there is what I didn't get about uh, Fast Times at Richmond High. That was directed by Amy Heckerling, um, but it was written by Cameron Crowe. Fast Times is always my favorite 80s comedy. And there's been, you know, Bill and Ted's has been over the years. But I always felt like if you take someone like Jennifer Jason Lee, there's a lot of nudity in that. <laughs> so if you're like 17, yep. you know, 16, 17 years old, that film really speaks to you. So well, but I always found it sort of ironic that it was directed by Amy Her uh, Heckerling, yes. who is, you know what I'm saying. A female okay, director, yeah, right? No, and a wonderful director. So Phoebe also real quickly was in um, Gremlins, great scene in Gremlins, right? Where she, I can't remember what she talked about the... The stuck in the fire, right? Her dad stuck in the fireplace, right? I mean, that great scene. Right. Private school. Yeah, uh, and, and she retired early from acting, very young. Why? Because in 1989, she married Kevin Klein, actor Kevin Klein. Of I know, and, right? and, and they've been married ever since. And she's just stepped out of the, of the public eye. And he stole her from us. Kevin Klein, you stole Phoebe Cates from us. How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> right? No, I'm 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 only I'm kidding. Really. Play a dirty trick on you, but go ahead. All right, no, no, that's what. So I'll go to my. Let me do my number two, and then I'll do my number one because you're going to finalize this. My number two, and I think the reason it, the reason why this woman is on this list because of sultry. I mean, this woman was sultry, and that had to do with her voice and her looks. This Kathleen Turner, Kathleen Turner. Most famously, the uh, voice, really? the voice, like the voice of Jessica Rabbit. Oh yeah, the voice of Jessica Rabbit. It, it, it the, the de deep voice that she has. Oh, I think it's awesome. She I was, know she was in Romancing the Stone, and most famously in the movie Body Heat with um, uh, what's yeah. his name, the, uh, William the, Hurt. William, William Hurt, Hurt, right? I mean, yeah, who I've says that? Film, he's yeah. what is he that famous line? He says, "Maybe you shouldn't be wearing clothes like that." You know, I mean, <laughs> because like she's yeah. all she's trying to do is yeah. get him into bed. This entire movie um it, it's i think kathleen turner back in the 1980s especially the voice of jessica rabbit i mean disney won't even really acknowledge jessica rabbit anymore because it's not really pg you know it's not a pg character no, so they, no it's not no it's no, not I'm but not it was an awesome say i'm not bad i'm just drawn i'm just drawn that way Oh yeah, I'm not I'm bad. Right, I'm not bad. I'm just on that. She just <laughs> nails that scene. She's wonderful. Okay, so that's my number two. I'll go to my number one, and then we're gonna finish with you. My number one is the most kick kick butt actress in the 1980s, and that is Sigourney Weaver. Sigourney Weaver. You got you. So, that is a great choice. Yeah, and she, you know, multiple movies in the 80s. Working Girl comes to mind, but uh, oh, two, there's two movies really. She plays Dana in Ghostbusters, which, you know, like Buster, really, you know, that's a couple mm -hmm. of years after the next movie I'm going to talk about. But um, she yeah. she, you know, really 
fit in well with and was able to deal with Bill Murray because I, I can imagine where Bill Murray's like working with a whirlwind, you know. But she did she did fantastic, and she's what she's tall and you know just strikingly, you know, she had that curly hair going on in the eighties. She was she was she was beautiful, but Aliens. Ellen Ripley in Aliens. Well, and, you know, obviously the sequel to Ellen Alien. Ripley. Ellen Ripley is like get away the, from her, Jay. Get away uh, right, from yeah, her. Yeah, you can't. We can't use it. You, you, you know what? And uh, she really, you know, <laughs> she really like took that that movie Aliens was hers. I mean, she dominated that film. She became, yes. she became a yes. female action star with that film. She That's probably, exactly right. The way, the, I'll, I'll, I'll piggyback on what yeah. you just said. I think Barney Weaver, talk about a role, a positive role model yeah. for like yep. young girls, let's say growing up in the 80s, you know, or even the 90s, she was the John Wayne. I mean, she was masculine, but sexy and female at the same time. That's mm-hmm. the observation I'll make about, especially a film like Aliens. Right. You but, know, she was... But she was a very good paradigm. She was a very good role model for women because she was a female John Wayne and she didn't wear a lot of makeup. So she didn't hide behind all this glamour. She was what she was. Okay. Well, and you know, no, you know, the original Alien when it came out that 1979, that was more of a horror film, science horror. This was an action film. Aliens was an action film, and and to me, I mean, there there are two different types of film. I I I think Aliens is a better movie. I think it's one of the sequels that's better. Like like Empire Strikes Back is better than the original Star Wars. This is one of the sequels. Cameron just hits it out of the park, and it's because of her. Corny Weaver dominated this film. Everything she did sure. was perfect. I mean, there was there was her and everyone else around her. She like made yes. this movie. All the Marines. Yeah. yeah, she was wonderful. So Bruce, we're down to your number one. Yes. Let us hear it. <laughs> You're gonna curse my name, Jay Schultz. Yeah, I'm good. I'll go number one, Diane Franklin. <laughs> right. So let's let's hear about. Tell us all about Diane Franklin. My introduction to Diane Franklin was simply this. I was an usher at Centerville Cinemas. That's, I was an usher at that cinema, henceforth Cinema Talk with me. Um, and we were experts about ending credits. But I'll tell you about Diane Franklin. What I always thought was so refreshing about her, she came from what you might call a graduating class of actors. I had, like I said, Leah Thompson, Ali Sheedy, um, on and on and on and on. But the end credits to Better Off Dead with John Cusack, we're going to talk about that at length later. But no, uh, Diane Franklin was not heavily made up. She just had these eyes and she smiled and she was playing a foreign exchange student. And, you know, that's not even to mention her other film credits, you know, historical babes and Bill and Ted's, which was, in my opinion, 89. But no, Diane Franklin was unspoiled. That's the word I'll leave you with. And well, if and you she want was, to elaborate she was on, like the, uh, she was like the girl next door. She was, you know, true. just, you know, yeah. curly, you know, dark hair with that beautiful mm-hmm. smile. Um, you know, yeah. and, and she, I mean, really she had a wonderful acting career. She has 42 acting credits. She'd appeared in, uh, two really initially started two uh, episodes of as the world turns. Her breakthrough role was as mm-hmm. Karen in the last American Virgin. I remember this movie well. It was one of my, my best friends at the time, his favorites, mo- favorite movies, but the same yeah. year she was in Amityville yeah. Two: the possession. 
other obviously yeah. other notable roles you mentioned Bill and Ted or yeah Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure she played a historical babe oh. right uh, historical better babe. better off dead um, and then she was uh, in TV movies she was in um, uh, God she was in Dallas the early years where she played uh, Jock's first wife Amanda Lewis Ewing. Uh, she was also showed up on in Charles in Charge, Murder She Wrote, but she's written a couple books about her about her life. Uh, pu- published two memoirs, you know, actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah um, the excellent. And the nice thing is, it, it it really kind of folds into what we're talking about: the excellent adventures of the last American French exchange babe from the 1980. That was 2012, and then What's she that? did. Then she did the excellent curls of the last American French American uh, French, French exchange babe in the 1980s. Now, obviously, she's not she's not French. She is from actually Plainville. Plainview, New York. Um, yeah, I know. Yeah, I knew that. Yeah, yeah and she's mm-hmm. mar- been married to Ray. Right. She did a very good job at playing a foreign exchange student. Right. She did a great job at that. So go yeah, ahead. She was wonderful. And uh, well, so anyway, we are so very lucky to have Miss Franklin tonight, and she's joining us right now. And Diane, oh, oh. thank you for thank you for joining us tonight on the show. We're great. It's great to have you on. Thank you for having me. So our topic tonight, and um, you know, this is just flowing back to the '80s. We're all we're taking that time machine, the DeLorean, back to the '80s. Is '80s Hollywood babes, and whenever you do a search on the internet, you can always you know look up '80s Hollywood babes. Your name appears. How do you? What, what are your thoughts? How do you feel about being considered an '80s Hollywood babe? Well, I have to say, I'm surprised, but I'm also incredibly flattered. And uh, you know, I mean, I think that. Um, I think it's great. <laughs> I think it's really, uh, it's funny. It's surprising to me. Um, I never would have thought that I would have been a babe. Um, but at the same time, you know, if you follow and you see the movies I've done, I was the girl who the guys fell in love with or got the guy or, um, so I'm honored and, and, uh, and tickled about it. <laughs> well, it, you know, yeah, there some great memories. So let's talk let's, you know, flow through your acting career. When did you decide that you wanted to go into acting and what motivated you? I wanted to be an actress and I didn't even, I wanted to be an actress when I didn't even know what an actress really did or was. I mean, technically, I mean, I was four years old when I, when I first um, really felt, I mean, I wanted, I knew I wanted to be on TV. That was like the first feeling I got that um, I -hmm. watched a show called that girl and um, Marla Thomas played an actress on the show, and she was a Marla Thomas, big, yes, right. Oh, I loved her. She was a big uh, influence for me. She was one of the few dark-haired actresses at the time, and I really yeah, uh, they were rare. With her like yeah, it was rare. Everyone's the blonde thing was so big in the seventies, yeah, right. and um, straight yeah. blonde hair, and granted, like gorgeous women like Barbara Eden and. Um, uh, Elizabeth Montgomery, bewitched. like just gorgeous, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I couldn't identify with that, and so when I saw Marla Thomas, and she had such a bubbly personality, yes. I really bonded with that, and um, that was my first. It, that's when it got me. It just made me. But like, Diane, I can I suggest something? Do. Let me ask you this. Okay, mm-hmm. you were talking. You're right. At you know Elizabeth, like you know, bewitched and yeah. Eden, they were all blondes. What about Audrey Hepburn, though? I mean, Before she my time. was a petite yeah. brunette. Yeah. yeah no, and I'm so glad I'm, you mentioned sorry, that. Sorry, I interrupted. No, no, I'm glad you mentioned that because my generation, my okay, my parents uh, were German immigrants, 
And we, they did not take me to the theater. Um, they did not take me to the movies. We were lower income, you know, uh, and also mm -hmm. all my influence was television. So I didn't know about Audrey Hepburn. I mean, those actresses were uh -huh. at the time, certainly television didn't play a lot of older movies in the, like they do today. I mean, you can watch anything today and there. Anything you little, want. You're right. Yeah. First no. you can watch anything. Then you couldn't. You couldn't say, oh, I want to watch right. that movie and then watch it. I mean, and in fact, not only that, but you couldn't even watch something, rewind it or go. If you ate dinner and you missed a show, you were out of the culture. You, yep. you missed it. Like you were like yep. the next day you went to school, you knew nothing about what happened and you could only get it from word of mouth for your friends. So um, I didn't have that influence, which I probably if I had. Um, you know, I think it maybe it would have, you know, changed things as well. But again, uh, you know, what's fascinating is those actresses were older to me. They weren't teen, they weren't mm. younger in my age range. I don't yeah. know. I think, um, you couldn't relate talk about to them. Basically. That's what I was going to ask you about yeah. is your book. I love the fact that you write and you chronicle about, you know, and, and not many actresses do that. So I have, I'll be honest with you, uh, to be very honest with you, Diane, I've never read your text, but I am, if you can kind of just give me a kind of a concept of what, you know, is it an arc of your storyline, meaning your, you know, your time in Hollywood, your time in the limelight? You tell me, though, what are they like in this first content? Um, well, the, first, the, the books I wrote, you know, first of all, I wrote because I really uh, love nostalgia and I always thought it was really important um, as someone who went to college. You know, I, I always found that everyone was always looking for primary source. Like, what's the closest you can get to the primary source? And I thought, okay, I'm going to write these books because I want people to know right from me what my uh, take on being in Hollywood and how I became a famous actress, as close as I, they could get to someone who was actually doing it. So that's what got me to start writing it. And my first book is basically how does a girl from the suburbs become a movie star? How does that even happen? Right. And I started so young and I, I had experiences that I thought originally a lot of actresses had and found out very few actresses started as young as I did and stayed in it as long as I did. Um, so mm -hmm. that was True. fascinating. So it's a great book for young people who want to understand what it, you know, what it's like to be an actor or if they want to become an actor, what the life is like. Um, so that's my first mm -hmm. book, which has, it's, it's, um, the, the word adventure is in it. it's Diane Franklin, the excellent adventures of the last American babe of the ages. I'd like that. And I can dial that up on yeah. the internet. Right? Yes, if absolutely. I yeah. just look up Diane Franklin books because sure. I wrote a second one and the second one is about, being the first actress to have dark curly hair in the 80s and from and I was the one who kickstarted all the curly hair in the 80s so because of that I wrote a book about that because that's a big deal I mean that introduced diversity. it is I mean before flash yeah. dance before anything I last mm -hmm. film I did last American Virgin so that's a great book if you're a fan of that film and if you also have dark curly hair you will find it fascinating well, book, and that well curls, the thing is Diane <laughs> Let me let me teleport myself back to like 1985. I was an usher at a movie theater, and I got to share this with you. So if you're an usher in a cinema, which is what I was back in the 80s, and I saw Better Off Dead. And Aww. if you're an usher in a cinema, you see 
uh, the closing credits. But I got to tell you this about, and I love that film with John Cusack, and I know you know you worked with him and so forth. I got to tell you, right. you know, you're in. Do- I think you're in Dodger Stadium, and you and John Cusack are like leaned up against the black Corvette. And I got to yes. tell you, that's one of the most effective. And I'm an actor. So I know what I'm talking but Camaro, about. It's that not Corvette, but I'll say Camaro. Okay, go. Yeah. <laughs> but of course, I no, no, no. What I'm saying is that. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. Yes, you are definitely. Um, but that was one of the most unique kisses, you know. And I grew up with Gone with the Wind. You know, I'm 54 years old, but I thought that was a really effective shot in the closing oh. credits of Better Off Dead. Yeah, I mean, it, but. It was so unspoiled. That's it. I'm going to shut up and let Jay talk. But yeah, that's no. what I'm saying, Diane. I, yeah, I have so much respect for I you for it. that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, but Jay, go ahead. Very quickly, I yeah. want to tell you, Bruce, I am actually writing a book about Better Off uh, Dead right now. Really? So my third oh, you book, you will, oh, yeah. you will remember to stay in touch because I, <laughs> I am working on it and I will probably have it done this week year. Right? Yeah, that's fantastic. So <laughs> well, so what was it like? So, yeah. so what was it like working with what Savage Steve Holland, right? The director, he, I think he also did One Crazy Summer, and and, and then you've got uh, Cusack and Amanda Weiss, and uh, I'm not pronouncing her lane, last name right. I'm not quite uh, sure. Oh, Weiss, Amanda Weiss. 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 But that's yeah. it rhymes with kids. It's yeah. Weiss. Right. Okay. Uh, so what was that? What was that like? That experience? <laughs> oh, he, he, Savage is wonderful. Yeah. Uh, he's. I loved him as a director. Um, Savage lets the actor do their thing, and what was what was first of all, he was a young guy when he did it, um, and so he really hired people he could rely on um um but you know he was he was so funny himself his script was you know is hilarious and so what was so exciting was so all the actors who did better off dead were so excited to be in the film because they thought it was so funny and that made it a i mean i think you people can feel that when they watch the movie that everyone i mean the actors like even the smaller parts um Mm-hmm. just were so excited sure. to, to be part of it because they loved the script and they thought it was funny. And then as a director, he just didn't, um, he, he didn't, um, he wasn't threatened by actors like creating. And if it was funny, he kept it or he said, let's keep going, you know? And so um, I just, I, he, and he's a lovely person and he's just, I just I can't say enough about Savage. I wish, uh, you know, the world sure. does is crazy, but his movies are precious and he loves Better Off Dead. And, he, you know, not many writer director. Um, I think always films do very well when there's a writer director yeah. um, because they have the vision of the yeah. film. And so I'm very happy that yeah. Better Off Dead uh, to be part of it and that he's, you know, and to have worked with him. It's just amazing. <laughs> Well, Diane, do you mind if I remind you what you said about 20 minutes ago? Not, well, 10 minutes ago. Diane, you brought up a very good point. I think for a lot of people that feel that they're, let's say you're a teenager and you're misunderstood. And mm-hmm. what you said earlier, I think, resonates definitely. For some people, films and television and media, that's their only association with you know, real life, so to speak. And you're absolutely right about that. You know what I mean? And so it's not like every single person can relate to like Hollywood beautiful, no. but their connect is no. motion picture. 
films are such a big part of, I think, American life. You know, we learn things oh, sure. from films. We we get our education through it, um, yeah. emotional education. Uh, we live through yep. the characters' experiences. Um, it makes us yeah. more thoughtful about things. And, you know, we learn about the things our parents wouldn't talk about, you know, for instance. Or maybe our friends talked about it, but they got the wrong information. So, like, all right. of a sudden you go, oh, oh that's <laughs> yeah, what happens. Right. Or, Oh, that's what consequences are. Oh, I and had so, no idea those consequences. I had no idea. Yeah, right. I had that, no idea. I better watch out right. for that. Even horror films. I'm going to say horror films are are popular. People always wonder about this because they put Everybody you does. in the situation and you ask yourself, "What would I do in this situation?" And so it's in actually this teaching you, right. yeah, to think ahead and. Um, it, uh, you know, and it, it gets you to be a little bit more worldly and, and wise about things. So, um, I really feel that films are a rite of passage. And I think what's wonderful about the sure. internet today is you can see so many different types of voices and points of view, and you will learn about sure. all kinds of different realities of people. I mean, not every, you know, some people have you know cookie cutter lives and some people do not and some people have scary lives and you by watching yeah. films you get to i think become more empathetic to the world i really do yeah that's that's a terrific I agree perspective. With you and, yeah. and like you said that's a terrific point but it's like so many people go through life like with a template and i think mm -hmm. films especially when you, you know, I, I'm 54 years old, just so you know, Diane, but it's like, yeah, you're right. There's so many people who go through templates and, but I do have a burning question for you. And it may be a personal one. Cause I know you participated in Amityville too. Is there a, a horror film that really frightened you? And if that's getting too personal, I understand and I'll refrain, but I'm just curious. Cause I, oh. For me, well, the first movie ever that frightened me was The Exorcist. Oh, yeah. Um, I, watched I it know. So and, many and, people say that. Yeah, and you know, it's because, um, and this goes with every, I really think horror films are a rite of passage. And when I saw it, you always watch a horror film when you're a little bit too young. I can't tell you how many yeah. people have told me they've seen Amityville 2 when they were 12. I'm like, oh my gosh, where was your mother? Like, <laughs> seriously. Like, but that was the great part. You, you snuck in, you watched it the tv or you watch when everyone was sleeping and it was almost like you're testing yourself like am i brave enough and and then there came a point yeah. and i remember am I brave enough? right right oh, yeah. and right? nurses take a lot of bravery absolutely yes. and absolutely the very so, and then your, your friends like you'll be like i'll you know you'll compete with your friends like you'll they'll say did you watch that movie like oh it didn't bother me but of course <laughs> it did and so like it'll be this kind of like oh yeah i can see that oh yeah i've seen it like yeah yeah it was scary like i like the bloody parts i mean seriously people are you know it, it's it's like it's sort of like little bitty steps of growing up and can you handle watching that and and then you know not having nightmares or if you have nightmares just you know keep reminding yourself it's make-believe it's make-believe it's just right. a movie Absolutely. Um, but you know that is a part of our emotional um you know growth as, as when we're younger yes, and growing is. up yeah it's amazing yes, how, it the, how, the, how the, the part of our emotional growth so when they approached you about amityville too what was so compelling what was you know i know they cast you and yet now i'll be yeah. honest with you diane i've never seen it but what was it that compelled you to pick up that was that your agent or did you go with like your own gut instinct i'm just curious well be, it was the second big movie that I had gone for my, I mean, not second big movie I went for, but the second movie that I was, um, that I was being considered for 
and Mm -hmm. what I, first of all, I always wanted to do a horror film. So I knew that that's something that I wanted to experience. And, um, and so then, and then the second thing I really wanted to work with, with seasoned actors and that was Burt Young and Ritanya Alda Mm -hmm. and James Olsen. Um, because I knew I wanted to work with people that I could learn from. And um, yes. and then the other thing was I I really like the aspect of horror films that you know when you're doing them technically it's not as um, it's it's a it is make believe you know when you're it doing it I mean yes. the minute you take that music the minute you add the music is when the, the terror starts yeah. <laughs> when there's no music yeah. it's like oh there's just a shot of stairs or oh wait there's a shot of a you know a cross and that's it like there's nothing scary about it but I remember seeing the dailies and when I was you know shooting things and going that, that's not scary what's scary about this but then of course there's no music and you're terrified so that that's to note if you get scared of movies right. just Turn the sound off. Right. Um, but yes, no, I, I always wanted to do a horror film. And I thought when the other thing that attracted to me was that it was really important to me um, and to start doing parts that I played very realistically. And that yeah. role was after Last American Virgin, that was like a very real character. And so sure. I really wanted to sink my teeth into a role like, that was a good, juicy role. And so- you... You did it quite successfully. I just say, so you know, Diane, yeah, I've been watching, you know, interviews in preparation for our interview. But, yeah, I mean, I totally respect that. And I also think you're absolutely right. It's a totally different experience. I've, I've been in film not very frequently, um, but I have been. But you're absolutely right. It's like it's one thing to shoot a film and, okay, this is the way the shot is set up and I've worked with directors. But it's an entirely different experience when you see it in the film. And then, mm-hmm. like you said, you've got the music, you've got the effects, you've got yep. the camera shots. And so I, I would guess it's not anywhere near as terrible, let, let's say Amityville 2, as when you actually see it on the film. Now yes. you've got music, you've got effects, you've got augmentate, you know. The lighting, you the story, right. yeah. the, you know, it is. Exactly. Absolutely. So many How people story? are involved in horror films. It's not just the actors right. as much. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, I know that obviously yeah. it takes a whole, it takes a community to, of, to make a film, but in horror, it yeah. is so much about everybody working together to make it, make it scary. You so, know what? I think the classic example there is, like you mentioned The Exorcist, the film mm-hmm. that always scared me the most was the very first John Carpenter Halloween in 1978 and I'm 54 years old I can't watch that film in broad day that's how much it scared me it gets gets you to the core yep it does it's like it's like a, a Pavlov's dog, you know, like you get a little bit and you're like, ah. The reason why I bring that up is you bring up a very good point. You know, John Carpenter in 1977, when they were shooting with P.J. Souls and Jamie Lee Curtis mm-hmm. and all this, they were a small army, sort of like what you're, you're talking about with Amityville. It's mm-hmm. like it, it's very encapsulated. It's very it's a small army and they're putting this together and they're pouring their hearts out. So that's yep. it. Jay, are you still there? I am still here. I, I was going to ask Diane what it was like to work with Burt Young 46 years later. I mean, I oh. thought, I always thought from watching the Rocky films that Burt Young was like in his mid 40s or late 40s when he did that. And he was, he was like 35 years old when he did the first Rocky. 
And you just, you knew you did the Amityville uh, 2 in 1982. Then you did Amityville Murders with him in 2018. What was that like? I mean, 46 I years know, later. It's very funny you say that yeah. because you always seemed older. And yeah. it's like, wait, but he's still older. Wait, but yes. he's like, that's very funny. <laughs> right. um, it was funny you say that. Um, <laughs> he always played older. Um, well, first of all, what a, like, what a sweet man. Yeah. Like, just a doll. Like, the nicest guy. Sure. Um, always made me yeah. laugh just a sweetheart of a person and when I worked with him again in Amityville murders and by the way um obviously I you know this is a tragic tragic story this is based on the true story of Amityville I mean Amityville murders was lightly based on the DeFeo murders this is based on the actual story of of 1974 Mm -hmm. where a young man murdered his family this and in fact Ronnie DeFeo just uh Butch DeFeo just died junior ronnie defair jr um he just died in prison so this is based on a true story but i i want to tell the audience that if you ever see this film i mean the moment that film (laughs) amityville murders has so many touching moments for me um to do it first of all to play louise defeo i'm now playing the care a character that went uh, I'm playing a different character in the same story, essentially. So in Amityville Murders, I play the daughter, and now I play the mother. This is a, is a once in a lifetime. There's no other actress who's ever played the mother and the daughter That's in the amazing. same yeah. story. There's, you know, they've grown up in the story like Jamie Lee Curtis, but no one's ever right. played the same. So I had got the beauty of being able to play two perspectives. I got to play the the life of a woman who actually existed, and unfortunately, so sadly, was murdered. And so out of the respect and wanting to make a performance that was um, empathetic and memorable in, in her name. There's no words to explain how that's just a horrible tragedy. And, yeah. you know, but the ability to make that being remembered in a respectful way is, is beyond sure. words. That's very um, cool. And, and then the idea that, and then seeing Bert, which was like bringing him back. I really felt like that was like the love in the film. Like we, we brought back. A oh, moment wow. Where where we ah, connect and right. it's on screen and i just i just think that's really um it's it's a moment in cinema you know it just right. really is a moment in cinema cool. where it's authentic and real and he was so happy to see me too and it just um and i just think that when you get actors who appreciate working with each other it's 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 beautiful it's just a beautiful moment so um i'm hoping that you know to me like that's cinematic history and awesome yeah just well so if i ask that. a question yes. what is your proudest achievement is it your writing is it your acting is it your directing what i'm just totally curious my and there's kids. no wrong answer. <laughs> my kids. Hey. Yeah. Good. Well, and so uh, the, 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 the question. I have to say, okay. I'm so proud of my kids. I mean, yeah. I could have a whole yeah. podcast on that. You know, just yeah. what a gift. You know, what a gift. Um, exactly. I feel like I have lived many lifetimes, and that was another part of my life. And uh, but I have to tell you, like you know, all my you know all my acting experience has mm-hmm. made it so. Like what that did for my children is to give them, I, I have to say this is so important. Like I gave them th- the ability to go after their dreams and their hopes. And I think that's like, if I hadn't gone after my own career first, I would not uh-huh. be able to show them, you know what, you can go after your dreams and it can happen. Yeah. And I think that that was that's the great. advantage of being an actress before and doing that because I think it's very hard for women to, um, sometimes, you know, they go to school, they go and get their education. And then the minute they get married, they're, 
their work or their takes way second place to the, the kids and the family. And yes, I, 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 you know, when you have a family, your family has to come first, but there's these yeah. windows of time yeah. and opportunity. So if you can do your career and you can go after your dream before you have your kids, then that's the ideal thing where you've got this window of opportunity because honestly, when you have your kids, that's a window of opportunity. You don't get that all the time. And right, not everyone gets right. that. Like appreciate it when exactly. it's happening. And then like now I'm acting again because they're grown up. Right? They're in their 20s. Yeah. Not that I don't talk yeah. to them you know, every, as much as I can, but now I can go back to my career. So there are windows of opportunity in life. And the best thing is to appreciate it when you are there. Right. See what is there. Yes, it will not the be moment, there all right. the time. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know. so what's the it, moment has been there the whole time. Right. So, yeah. exactly. so Diane, what what's it like to what's it like to work with your daughter who's who is a director, Olivia? Oh my gosh, oh my gosh, I have something to tell you. It's yes. so exciting. Okay. First of all, okay, I'm just <laughs> as I've been doing these podcasts, I've been telling people little tiny bits, but I, I'm not allowed to say anything. All right. Yeah. So the first thing is there's a project, a new movie that's coming out, I think this year. I think it's coming out this year. Mm-hmm. I'm not allowed to tell you what it is, okay. but the one thing I will tell you is we did the movie together. Like oh, we were both in this movie. We were both Dang. hired. We were both hired and it was not expected. And actually she was hired first. And then I was mm. hired next. And I am, we are both so excited That's for wonderful. it to come out. Because yeah, I want right to do on. interviews with her. I mean, I think it was like, wow. And she's got a bigger part sure. than me. I've got a small little cameo. She's got a big, and she yeah. knocks it out of the ballpark. So I'm very excited. Awesome. Very that excited. That's great oh, news. Great. And we'll be looking yeah. forward to that. So it's terrific. Yeah. I'm going to give you one extra hint. One yes. little thing that I haven't okay. said on any other podcast. It's um, it's like a horror thriller kind of okay. thing. It's like a horror thriller kind of. Okay, bring it on, Diane. I'm listening. Very cool. But go it's going to be huge. It's going to be really big. So everyone's going to know, like, they're going to go, oh, wow. And then, so it's very cute. I'm excited. Awesome. So I can't keep that in. But anyway, so you got the next piece of info. No. Oh, that, right. well, that's great. We, we appreciate it. We got the heads it. up. Yeah, absolutely. Can I date? Real quick, Bruce, Bruce. Yeah, I've got I've to call this because yeah. we're running over. But Diane, we truly appreciate your time you've been wonderful and we'd love thank to talk you to you so again when, mercy buckets yeah mercy buckets when when <laughs> that oh i love that movie i my kids i introduced them to that movie they love better off dead it's it's Aww. it's it's a wonderful film. You're wonderful in it, and um, most excellent for those of you who don't know. I'm Princess Elizabeth in Bill and Ted's. Bill and Ted's excellent, excellent adventures, adventures yeah. as well. Absolutely, <laughs> anyway, yeah. Diane. Thank you so much for your time, right. Bruce. Diane, it was an honor to have you on the show. Thanks. You know, I'm in Evanston. Um, so, yeah, I know all about Chicago, but thank you for gracing us tonight. It was an honor, and I thank you very much. I'll leave the pleasure's all mine. Thank you, Diane. We'll, 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 you're wonderful. Hopefully, we'll be able to talk to you again soon. Yes. All right. Thank you. All thank right. you. Take care. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you to our guest, Diane Franklin, and thank you for tuning in to Cinema Talk with Bruce and Jay.